Do you love to travel and save money? Or do you wish you could travel, but money is holding you back? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Families Fly Free podcast, where I show you how to fly your family free forever using my simple fly free formula. I'm your host, Lynn Mettler. My family of four has mastered the art of flying free as simply as possible since 2015, and I want to show your family how to do it too. Hello, listeners, and welcome to the Family's Fly Free Podcast. I'm so glad that you've joined me again this week. We are going to be talking about one of my favorite places on the planet, Colorado. Um, this is a longtime favorite of mine that my family returns to again and again because we love it so much. And so I wanted to just dedicate an episode um, telling you my best recommendations about Colorado and why I think it's a great place for families or really anyone to visit. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about our trip, most recent trip this summer. Um, we took the whole family in July, um, but I'm going to give you my overall tips on the different places that you can visit in Colorado, the different things that you can do there, and why I think it's such a great place. So let's jump right in. So I have been going to Colorado since I was in junior high. Um, my uh, dad purchased a condo in the Beaver Creek area, which is just west of Denver, um, it, real close to Vail. If you certainly might have heard of Vail, big ski destination. Um, so he bought a condo there in the 80s when this resort, Beaver Creek, was really just getting started. And so he owned it until 2019. And so I've spent um, you know, a lot of time there. I've um, returned again and again with my own family. Um, and it just holds a special place in our heart because we have so many memories there. Um, so that's how I was first introduced to Colorado. And I know my dad always said that Colorado was um, the only place that he could really find peace, he felt like. And certainly the peace that Colorado offers you um, is amazing. And I, I agree with that statement that you can definitely find peace out there. You've got this um, incredible landscape of the Rocky Mountains, which are just gorgeous. And they um, are varied throughout the state. They You have different vistas. Um, they have different looks to them. Um, you've got the, you know, running streams, the bubbling creeks of water that are running down from the mountains, um, which just listening to that really evokes calm and peace. Um, and I think just breathing the mountain air is wonderfully refreshing, um, and it just does something for the mind and the body, for sure. And I'm going to talk mostly about visiting Colorado during the warmer months, which really is just the summer. I have been skiing a few times, but um, we aren't skiers, and so I don't have a, a lot to offer in that regard, but it absolutely is a great place to go skiing, and I will tell you that 
Beaver Creek is a favorite among skiers because it is much less busy than Vail um, or Aspen, say, um, some of these uh, bigger ski areas, um, Snowmass, uh, Steamboat Springs, and Telluride also are all big ski areas in Colorado. Um, Breckenridge, that's another one. So, but Beaver Creek tends to to have fewer people. Um, so, you know, shorter lines and, and all of that. And I have been skiing in Beaver Creek and it absolutely is beautiful. So definitely consider that um, if you're heading out to Colorado for skiing. So um, I really love Colorado because I think that it is one of the most beautiful places, you know, God has created on this planet. And that for me is a big part of travels. I just want to see these beautiful God created landscapes, you know, all around the world um, to fully appreciate how beautiful our planet is. And, and even just in the United States, what varied landscapes we have um, on offer to be able to see. And when you start to fly free, that world opens up to you so that you can go and explore our beautiful country. And if you decide to go, you know, beyond and see other places around the world, um, all the better. But Colorado is definitely um, one of the most beautiful places in America. There are multiple national parks in Colorado. Um, of course, Rocky Mountain National Park is the most famous, and that's definitely on many people's bucket lists. Um, and then you have um, Black Canyon of the Gunnison, which is more on the west side of Colorado. We have seen that one, and that is just kind of a smaller version of the Grand Canyon. Um, but when you see it, it, in no way does it look small, but um, in comparison to the Grand Canyon, it is smaller, but it's the same type of views and landscapes that you're going to see at the Grand Canyon. So that one's definitely worth a stop. Um, there is also uh, Mesa Verde, which we haven't been to, but that's a little bit more of a deserty um, national park with some ancient cave dwellings that you can see that remain. And then there's great sand dunes. Um, and that one is more on the southeastern side of Colorado. And that is these natural sand dunes that, um, you know, have built up. It's so interesting to just, you know, to be in some of these landscapes. We have seen um, the coral pink sand dunes in Utah, and these are very similar. Um, it's just like in the middle of nowhere, surrounded by rocks and mountains, here are these sand dunes that have emerged. And so you can do things like sand surfing down these, you can rent boards and you wax them and you can slide down the sand dunes. I will warn you, sand dunes are very hard to walk up. It's very hard, as you know, on the beach to walk in sand. So you have to keep walking up and then slide down. But these are, um, I haven't been to that one, but it's very similar to the um, the ones in Utah and really, really interesting and a, a very unique thing to see if you um, happen to be in that area, I would definitely recommend checking out. And Cami on the Families Fly Free team, um, she has been to that national park and um, her family does a lot of like stargazing. And so they will go to some of these national parks at night um, where there's not a lot of light pollution. I believe it's a dark sky park, which is a designated area known to have reduced light pollution, which means you can see the night sky and all the stars, um, so many more stars better. Um, and so I know that they did that there and they said it was really, really cool. So definitely something to consider. So you have national parks that you can go see, but you just have the Rocky Mountains and that is what's so beautiful. 
So you have Denver, um, just to kind of give you the lay of the land. If you're going to be flying Southwest, um, as I teach as your primary airline in the U.S., if you want to fly free as many places as you can and bring your whole family with you, they are the best airline to do that. They fly into Denver um, and they now fly into a couple of ski destinations like Steamboat Springs. Um, they do fly into Montrose, which is about 45 minutes away from Telluride. Um, and they do fly into Colorado Springs as well, which is south of Denver, um, just a little bit south of Denver. Um, so you Denver is probably going to be your cheapest option, though. It is a major city. It's a major um destination that Southwest flies to, definitely going to the West Coast. Um, and so I that's probably going to be your cheapest option in points or cash. And of course, you know, I always recommend booking Southwest in points because that's going to give you the ultimate flexibility. Um, and so we typically fly into Denver and then we drive from Denver wherever else that we're going in Colorado. You certainly can check these other destinations. They tend to fly less frequently during the summer months. So you might only, they might only fly to Montrose or Steamboat a couple days a week. They might fly there more frequently during the ski season. That's really what they're targeting there is to, um, is that ski traffic. They're trying to get them, um, take advantage of that and get you where you, closer to where you want to go in Colorado. Um, but you're probably going to be flying into Denver, um, and then driving if you want to pay the fewest number of points. But again, always check and see. You never know what deals might pop up. And as they introduce, like if they introduce a new destination, sometimes that will be cheap, um, you know, for the first week or two and you can grab a good deal. So we like to fly into Denver and then we rent a car. Um, you can rent... Um, Turo um, also, um, or you can rent a car from the Denver airport or just a tip. It's often cheaper to rent, not at the airport in Denver. For some reason, Denver tends to have higher priced car rentals, um, but you can rent from like you can take an Uber to um, a car rental agency that's not at the airport, but that might be 20 minutes, 30 minutes away. Um, and you'll often pay less if you do that. If you can find a Turo, those are usually less expensive. And then there's no waiting in any car rental lines. You're working directly with that car owner um, to, to rent their car for a period of time. You're probably going to need some kind of a car that can navigate, um, you know, somewhat mountainous um, roads. Um, we rented a four-wheel drive um, the last time we were out there because we wanted to do some off-roading. Um, so if you want to be on dirt roads or four-wheel drive roads, then you definitely need a four-wheel drive vehicle. And there are also some rental agencies that just specialize in Jeeps or you know four-wheel drive vehicles also. But um, even if you're just going to be driving Denver um, West, and that's I-70, goes directly west and it goes to Vail. Um, and to Breckenridge and Keystone and some of these other ski resorts you may have heard of, um, you do still want to, I would not recommend like a, you know, a sedan that wouldn't be able to handle. There's a lot of twists and turns, and um, I think you might feel better and a little bit sturdier of a car if you're going to do any kind of um, driving around while you're out there. So um, 
other things that to see in Colorado um, that we love to do are ghost towns. You know, if, if you have members of your family who are interested, you know, in, in the old West, wild West history, there's a lot of that, that you can see there's um, the, the ghost towns are really the remnants of these towns that were built up around gold and silver and other mining during the late 1800s. And so they would find say a gold ore, and then they would, um, make a little city where the miners could live and their families could live as they were mining this ore. And so it might have a post office, it might have a bar, might have a hotel, and then some, you know, some cabins. Um, and so some of those, you know, still stand, some of them are just rubble, but throughout Colorado, there are so many different ghost towns that you can go see if you're interested in that kind of thing. And we really are. Um, we think that's a really fun thing to go and seek these out. And um, we even, when we were in Telluride um, this summer, we went to the Tomboy Mine, which you have to have a four-wheel drive to access. It's just outside of uh, the town of Telluride up in the mountains. And um, as we were passing by another Jeep, we had just asked how much further it was. And he gave us the tip. If you look around, you can actually find some gold up there. And so we did look around and we did find some little pieces of gold, which was pretty amazing and pretty fun. I think that could be a great way to engage your kids, right? Get them on a treasure hunt, see if they can find some gold, or you can, you know, find things like there's so many glass bottles and stuff that they used um, during that time period that you have to be careful not to cut yourself, but you can find those kinds of things scattered around. My husband found like a um, the topper to a glass bottle um, that was completely intact. And so again, these are all from the late 1800s. That's kind of fun stuff that you can do. Um, and you can get books um, about where some of these different ghost towns are. And you probably do need to have um, some sort of a detailed map particularly if you're going to four-wheel drive where these things are actually located so that you can you can find them because some of them are off on dirt roads for sure. All right. Um, so that kind of gives you the lay of the land. Um, like I said, Denver and then to the west, you've got most of the ski resorts. Um, Aspen is kind of west and then down a little bit. Um, and then Telluride is in the south west corner of the state down by um, New Mexico and Utah. And um, Durango is another spot down there, right at the, there's a four corners area there where it touches four states. Um, and, and then Colorado Springs, just south of Denver. So I'm going to talk about some of these places that I have visited and that I would recommend visiting for families. And then we'll talk a little bit more about activities um, that you can do in some of these places. So um, let's start with Beaver Creek and Vail because I know that one so well. Um, so again, Beaver Creek is quieter. It is a kind of a manufactured Alpine village, um, but super cute. And it definitely has that um, you know, feel of an Alpine village in Europe, in Germany and Switzerland, those types of things. Um, and it has a cute little village with shopping, with lots of restaurants. There are activities that you can do at the base of the mountain, um, like, uh, you know, mini golf, and they have a little gold panning for kids and um, kind of one of those jump, big jump trampoline things where you're strapped in um, and can, you know, do flips and all that kind of thing. So there's activities like that up there at the base of the mountain. Um, one thing that we really like to do is to hike up to Beaver Lake. And so you can get um, a map for that. There's a hiking center there in Beaver Creek and um, you can hike up. So that's a really beautiful hike. Um, you go through 
alpine meadows and you go through aspens and then you get to the lake at the top. Um, it is a fairly strenuous hike, I would say. Um, but what you can do is you can take the gondola um, up to or the ski lift up to a certain point and you could start there. Like you could start higher up on the mountain if you have younger kids that might not be able to do as much or you can do as much as start at the very, very base of town, um, which I really wouldn't recommend doing because that's not very pretty. And it's um, again, fairly strenuous to get to a certain point. So um, if you can start sort of midway up, it makes for a lovely lovely hike and definitely riding the lifts. You can do that in the summertime. We always do that. And just the views are phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal, particularly when you're coming back down the lift to just look at the 360 degree views of mountains all around you. And when you're up there skiing too, because uh, I have done that, just views are just gorgeous. So beautiful as you're skiing down. There is Bino's Cabin in Beaver Creek. Um, and so that's a really it's been there since the 80s. It's this mountain cabin um, that you have to either take, um, you can go by horseback, they can take you up in a four-wheel drive, or um, in the winter, you can uh, do the ski mobiles up to the Tabino's cabin. And I've done all of that and it's all fun. So we really like to do that. It's a good tradition thing to do. It is a more expensive restaurants. So that could be like your fancy restaurant out, but um, the kids probably, kids would love horseback riding. Um, they do have to be a certain age in order to do that. I feel like it was um, six or seven or older, eight maybe. Um, so, but that's a really fun activity to do. Or you said you can take like the the four wheel drive um, up otherwise and enjoy that. And always when we're dining there, there's deer just walking around the restaurant um, and it makes for a really pretty view and, and great family photos up there. Um, so horseback riding, definitely another great activity that you can do in Colorado. And there are stables in Beaver Creek where you can um, go on all kinds of trail rides and um, get your horses right there. And then if you're looking for more action, I recommend you head over to Vail, which is just about 15 minutes away. And Vail has two big areas with all kinds of shopping and dining. And they have even more mountain activities up on their mountain. Like um, you can do mountain biking. Actually, you can do that in Beaver Creek as well. They have uh, zip lines. Um, they have a mountain coaster, uh, where, which is super fun. Kids will love that. You can go down the mountain and you kind of control the speed of your, you're in your own little car. Um, a lot of mountain resorts have that. Um, but there's just a lot more to do in Vail, but it's also a lot busier over there. So we usually just spend a day in Vail while we're in Beaver Creek um, and spend the rest of our time uh, in Beaver Creek. And I will tell you uh, my very favorite hike in the world that I've ever done in Colorado is to Piney Lake, um, which is in Vail. Um, so look that one up if you want to go for a good hike. That one, I believe, is about a six five to six mile hike. And it's about a 45 minute drive up to the trailhead. Um, but, and that is, you can do it without a four wheel drive, but it is a bumpy dirt road. Um, so it would be better if you had a four wheel drive to get up there, but you, we have done it in a sedan before and we survived. Um, and it takes you up to a waterfall. And that's kind of always fun too, if you have kids with you, that there's a um, a treat, if you will, at the end of the hike that kind of can encourage them to keep going. And so we always pack a lunch and then we enjoy our lunch up at the waterfall and the kids can walk around the waterfall and climb up and down the rocks and then come back down. So that's a great hike to do in that area. Okay, so let's, I'm gonna move on to Aspen. 
we really love Aspen. Um, it is, you know, known as sort of a celebrity spot, but Aspen is a real mountain town. So like Beaver Creek is more of a manufactured alpine looking town and Vail is too. Um, they have been created to look that way. And there's not a lot of people that live there. It's just more of a resort area. Aspen people really live there. There's, it's a real mountain town. Um, it's, there's definitely a lot of upscale things to do there, but it's, there's always like, you know, musicians on the street, you know, that are really good that are, you know, playing for money. And, um, there are stores and restaurants and just, we like the vibe of Aspen. It just feels more real. Um, and the, our favorite thing to do in Aspen is to hike up to the maroon bells. And these are twin mountain peaks, um, that you, you don't actually hike up to those, but, um, you, you hike, um, to a lake sort of at the base of those. And so you have to take a special bus, um, to get access to this area. Um, and, but it's totally worth it. And we have seen some amazing wildlife there. We've seen moose, um, just hanging out, drinking water, um, definitely deer. I think we've seen elk up there and it's a, just a, the, these twin peaks are just beautiful. I, they're one of the most photogenic, um, places in America and you'll, you'll see them on calendars and different things like that. And they're called the maroon bells because at a certain time of day, the sun makes them kind of look a maroon color. Um, and so there's different hikes that you can do up there. I recommend the hike up to the lake. Um, really, really beautiful. And, and that's something we go back and do um, over and over again because it's so pretty. And Aspen, um, we like to drive from Beaver Creek over Independence Pass to Aspen. And you can only do that in the summer months because it's closed because of snow during the winter months. But that takes you up to a really high elevation where you get some excellent views. And then there is a ghost town on the way down into Aspen called Ashcroft. Um, and so you can kind of stop by the side of the road and you can walk through, get out of your car and walk through the ruins of that uh, ghost town. That's an easy one to access because it's on the way from Vale to Aspen. Um, now we have driven from Aspen over to Telluride and we've driven from Denver to Telluride because Telluride... Colorado is one of my favorite places in the world and Telluride is one of my favorite places in the world. Um, and certainly in Colorado, it is the most beautiful mountain destination I've ever seen. It is certainly the most beautiful destination in Colorado, It, but it is hard to get to, which I think is part of its appeal because um, there's not so many people there. So Telluride is in the far Southwest corner of the state. So it's about a six hour drive from Denver, which we make because we love it so much. It's worth it. And of course, it's a beautiful drive to get there too. Um, from Beaver Creek, mm, I can't remember, maybe like a four, four hour drive, something like that. Uh, but you go over this Independence Pass um, and then you go down past the Black Canyon of the Gunnison um, and then eventually down into Telluride. Telluride is um, set in a box canyon so there's only one way in and out of town and at the um, opposite end of the road that takes you into town is this beautiful beautiful mountain at the end of town and that every time we're there i mean we were just there that's where we spent time this summer i just walk around town going oh my gosh that's so pretty i can't believe that I'm, <laughs> I'm looking at that and these people who live here get to look at that all the time and we had the most beautiful view we uh, booked a vacation rental this summer and the 
the patio opened up to that beautiful mountain with a little pond underneath and it was just a spectacular view. So I will attach that picture with this podcast episode. Um, so if you're able to see pictures with the podcast episode, that's the view we had. And it is so, so pretty. Um, so Telluride is a popular place to ski, but um, it is a great destination for families. Again, there's all the regular things to do, hiking, mountain biking. There is a ski resort area um, up on the mountain, or you can stay down in town. And we like to stay down in town because there's a lot you can just get out and walk to. It's only a couple blocks wide. Um from east to west, really. And um, it's just very walkable. So um, you can, there's several hikes that literally go right from town. So you can just walk to your trailhead and take off. And in fact, the condo where we stayed this last time, um, Bear Creek Falls, I think is the name of the hike. That's a popular one in town, but it literally started right behind our condo, which is really cool. Um, so that's nice. And you can walk to the restaurants, you can walk to the shops. When we were there, the ride festival was in town. Telluride's known for having a lot of festivals. They have a bluegrass festival, um, and I believe a rock festival. I think they have food festivals. And then, um, the, the, oh, the ride festival is more of their rock festival. And so we actually saw Telluride. I mean, Pearl Jam in Telluride in 2017, I think it was, which was, one of the highlights of my life to see them perform outside in this beautiful setting, um, listen to Eddie Vedder's voice. It was phenomenal. Um, so this year, the ride festival is a little bit more scaled back. It was indoors, but we went to several live performances in the Sheridan Opera House, which is their historic late 1800s opera house. And so again, if you like Wild West stuff, Old West stuff, Telluride is a real Old West town. It was specifically built because of the mining that was going on in that area. And so many of the original buildings remain like this opera house. And you can actually see the uh, building, which was a bank, which was Butch Cassidy's first robbery. Um, so really, really fun. You can go search around and find these different sites and check it out. So we really love Telluride, um, highly recommend it if you're willing to make that drive. Telluride is also known as a great place to go off-roading. Um, there are many four-wheel drive um, passes or um, roads that you can take that, you, that do require a four-wheel drive. Um, and there's people out there who that's what they do. They just enjoy, they have their own Jeep or we have a Toyota 4Runner um, or they rent one and you can drive these different passes. So we had never done that before. My husband really wanted to do that this year so that there's always something new you can do in these places. Um, and so we drove um, a couple of these passes. There's two that go right out of Telluride, which are stunning. Um, one is the Imogene Pass. And so that was the one that we wanted to attempt to do. And we got to do about half of it. They had closed the road at the top of the pass because they were doing work on it. So we didn't get to do the whole thing, but this one goes over to Uray which is another beautiful town um, in Colorado, which is basically on the other side of the mountain from Telluride. So if you're in this area, definitely go over to Uray. Um, I kind of describe it as a mini Telluride. Um, it's very similar, but much smaller, um, but really beautiful. This whole area is, of Colorado is just stunning. And um, it's part of the San Juan Mountains, which is part of the Rocky Mountains, but they have a very distinctive um, 
much pointier, I guess, look to them than say the mountains in Vail um, and that part of, you know, west of Denver. Um, there's just something really stunning about this part of the Rocky Mountains that is just unbelievable. So you get to see this phenomenal scenery as you go on some of these passes because you're out in the back country that not everyone else can access. And so we, we got to do that one. And that's the one that takes you up to the tomboy mine, but I will warn you, there's, uh, it's a difficult road. It's a single lane and there are drop-offs most of the way. So you definitely need a skilled driver. You can also go on tours, um, where they, you know, they do this day in and day out. Um, my husband's a good driver, so I trusted him and we did this one. It was a little bit scary, but it was a lot scary for me. I would say looking at the drop-offs at some parts, but um, we did just fine and made our way up and then came back. So we went up to the Tomboy Mine and then we came back down. But you normally you can keep going and end up in Uray and then just come back via the highway uh, back to Telluride. Um, and um, another one we did out there is the Ofer Pass. And so we actually spent a couple days in Durango, which is the furthest Southwest in Colorado, because we had never been to Durango and that had always been on our list. It's another real old West town with original structures. Um, and so certainly something neat to see. I didn't think it was anywhere near as beautiful as Telluride is. It was cool to see. And there is the um, Silverton Durango Railroad. That's one of the more famous railroads in our country that goes from the town of Silverton to the town of Durango. Um, we didn't get to do that, um, but we kind of saw it all along the way as we were um, driving from Durango back to Telluride. And um, it's just, the scenery is just supposed to be a phenomenal. It is pretty much a day long event. Um, so maybe not the best for little kids to be in a train all day long, but if you have older kids, I think that'd be a great thing to do, but you need to set aside a day. And this railroad was originally to deliver, um, you know, gold and silver and whatever they were mining between these two towns, Durango and Silverton. And Silverton, we um, drove through and uh, we hadn't seen it before either. Really, really pretty town as well that I would recommend checking out. Um, so that, oh, so we took the Ofer Pass from Durango to Telluride. Um, so that was the way we came into Telluride instead of the highway which also was really, really beautiful. And there's a little old original um, ghost town Ofer um, when, when you finish that pass as well. And that one was a much easier one to do than the Imogene pass. Um, so I would recommend that as a good beginner one if you're new to this and you're gonna drive it yourself. Um, the other one that's in the Telluride area that is infamous amongst four-wheel drivers, um, off-roading folks is the Black Bear Pass. And that one is super, super advanced. It has a lot of switchbacks um, coming down. You can only do it um, coming from, um, I think it starts in Uray to Telluride. It's the only way you can do it. And then the switchbacks coming down into Telluride are tricky. You have to do uh, multiple point turns in order to get through those. So you absolutely need to be a very skilled um, driver and you need to have people out of the vehicle, um, who are spotting for you and letting you know how much further you can go, how much you need to back up and all that in order to make that work. But the people who do this, and you can look these up on YouTube, swear by it. They say it's so, so gorgeous and worth doing. Um, so check out four wheel driving. And then there's also this beautiful, um, waterfalls, um, in, 
bridal veil falls is what it's called in Telluride. And you, um, that's something that you can drive up to in a regular vehicle. And so, um, you can also hike up to it and a lot of people hike up to it, but it's a pretty hot, um, hike with not that it's pretty views of town, but you're not walking through forests or anything. So we chose to drive up there. Um, and then you can, it's really, really beautiful falls. And you see the, these falls and these switchbacks as you're coming down the imaging pass the way we did. So that is Telluride. I could probably talk about Telluride forever. Okay, the last one I wanted to mention is Colorado Springs because this is a great family destination for sure. Um, it's just south of Denver, so it's 30, 45 minutes. Um, depending on where you are in Denver, from the Denver airport, you can fly directly into Colorado Springs. So if you can get a deal to do that, for sure. Um, we have a great um, itinerary inside the Families Fly Free membership for Colorado Springs. We also have one for Rocky Mountain National Park. Um, that will give you our recommendations, um, what our team, what my family has done in these areas. So Colorado Springs is just a great outdoorsy destination that's close to Denver. And there's just something for, I would say, multi-generations to do there. Um, it's kind of a San Diego type of destination. For me, there's just all kinds of things you can do. Um, and so it's right at the... Um, kind of the, uh, what I want to say, the, the base of the Rocky Mountains. So it's not into the huge part, like the, the hills of the Rocky Mountains. Um, but you can see the mountains in the distance. Um, and you're, there are some mountains there, but they're just not the, the giant ones that you get into west of Denver. So um, Pikes Peak is there, which is known as America's Mountain. It's where the song America the Beautiful it was inspired by this area. You can take a cog railway, and there's just a couple of those in the United States. I think the other one is in New Hampshire. It's in Northwest, Northeast somewhere. Um, and it's this old rail system that's been around for over 100 years that takes you up to the top of Pikes Peak. Um, and it was out of commission for a while. They were working on it, but it's now working again. And so we have done that. We did that several years ago, and that is a, a very neat experience. And at the top of Pikes Peak, you can see four different states. Um, there's really good donuts that you get to, uh, that you can enjoy up there that are famous. And I would tell you, it's cool up there any time of year. So definitely bring layers um, if you're going to get out and walk around the top. Um, Garden of the Gods is another great thing to see out there. These are these um, just really huge, um, you know, red geographic um, stones or features, if you will, that just pop out of the ground in this area. Um, and so you can, they, they have different names because they look like different things. Like one are the twins and, you know, they look like different animals or different, you know, people together. Um, and so that can be fun for kids like, Oh, see if you can find, you know, the one that's called the bear, or I forget what they're called now, but, um, see if they can figure out, you know, what looks like what that one is free to enter because I think it's a, it's a state park. And so that's interesting. So you can just, um, spend some time hiking in and around these formations. That's what I want to say. They are red formations that, that pop up out of the earth here. Um, and we really enjoyed that. It's just really beautiful, stunning scenery against the clear blue Colorado sky, these big red rocks that are sticking out. Um, there's also the Cave of the Winds. We did that. That's a cave that you can go in and tour. It's actually the, it's one of the, I think it's like the highest elevation cave in the country or something close to that. Um, 
And then they have ropes courses and, and some other, I think they have bungee jumping. No, thank you. Uh, but you can do those kinds of things there too. Um, and then there's, we went in like a recreation. I think it was an actual ghost town that they had moved inside of a building. So you can walk around and check that out. And they had kind of furnished it the way it would have been. So that's fun for kids to do. And then the um, Air Force Academy is in Colorado Springs. Um, and that's a very, they have a very famous chapel, like multi-denominational chapel there that's known for its interesting architecture. So that's something to see. So highly recommend Colorado Springs, great family destination, great way to be outdoors and just see and do a lot of things if that's um, what your family enjoys. Um, and then when it comes to Rocky Mountain National Park, I want to circle back around to that um, and Denver. Um, so you can drive through Rocky Mountain National Park. You want to allot a day to do that for sure. Um, or if you want to spend multiple days, there's lots of hikes that you can do in Rocky Mountain. Rocky Mountain tends to be a very busy national park. So I would recommend that you do have a plan going into that uh, because some of the more popular areas, the parking um, fills up very quickly, you know, early in the morning. And so, um, and it can also be very busy on, on um, certain sides of the park. So Estes Park is the most popular east entrance to the park. Um, that has some has the most kind of hotels and accommodation options, but it's the busiest. Um, Cami on our team has stayed at the YMCA of the Rockies, and they have a location on the east side of the park and on the west side of the park in Grand Lake or that area. Um, and she really recommends this. It's affordable. They have um, fully furnished cabins that have, you know, refrigerators and kitchens and kitchenettes, and they have all kinds of activities on site. And again, really great for families. And I know we've had multiple of our families fly free members go because um, Cami has given it such a glowing recommendation inside the membership and they have really enjoyed it. So they have a lot of planned activities for families from crafts to hiking to photography workshops. And you actually, the one that's um, on, the, on the Estes Park side, you can walk right into the National Park from the YMCA of the Rockies. So um, check it out if you're looking for a good family-friendly place to stay. If you like cabins, again, as I understand, they're not super rustic. They have all everything that you would need in them. Um, and we have some videos on our YouTube channel, which is just Families Fly Free. Um, definitely go check out our YouTube channel and subscribe if you want to be notified of our videos. We post them regularly, but we post a lot of videos of accommodations where our team has stayed. And so Cami has some videos of her accommodations at both YMCA of the Rockies, if you want to check that out. So if you just go to our YouTube channel and scroll down to hotels and accommodations. You can see her videos of what those look like. Um, so glowing recommendation there um, if you're going to go to Rocky Mountain National Park. All right, and just a quick recap of just some of the different activities you can do in Colorado. Of course, hiking, we love to go hiking and you just don't get more beautiful views than the Rocky Mountains. Um, if you like mountain biking, so many opportunities to do that out there. Um, I'm, I've been mountain biking. It's not my favorite thing to do because it's a little bit too rough for me, um, but definitely some great options and scenery out there. Um, whitewater rafting is another thing that there's multiple rivers out in Colorado where you can whitewater raft. We've done that multiple times and that is super fun. Again, your kids have to be a certain age in order to do not just the kind of beginner 
um, more boring rapids. Uh, so it might be something to wait till they're again more around seven, eight years old. Um, fishing is a great activity if you have um, folks in your family who like to fish. Fly fishing is the big activity out there. But we have um, before just kind of gotten fishing poles at Walmart and you, get, you do need to have a fishing license. And we've gotten our fishing license at Walmart. And then like in Beaver Creek, they have um, Beaver Pond um, and there's a, a pond in Telluride too. Um, it's ideal for kids to go fishing and you can just take your poles and you want to have your fishing license with you, but um, you can just enjoy regular non-fly fishing too out there. And then, of course, just seeing wildlife. So even as we're driving through Colorado, we always have our kids like, oh, keep an eye out and see if you spot anything, because inevitably you do. Like we've seen bighorn sheep by the side of the road. There's elk just walking around. Um, when we were in Telluride, we kind of got out of town. Um, and if you're in Telluride, go out by the Telluride airport. Woo, that is the views out there are really phenomenal. Um, but there was just a giant herd of elk you know, in someone's front yard, just outside of town. Um, that's just normal. Um, you definitely can see moose quite a bit. You want to um, stay clear of them because um, they can be very protective and they can charge and be dangerous. And of course, bears as well. I have never seen a bear um, in Colorado. That's something I still have to do to check off my bucket list, but we have definitely seen um, all kinds of different wildlife while we are out there. And of course, you can take four-wheel driving tours, as I mentioned, too, if you don't want to drive it yourself. There's lots of great options to do that as well. All right. So I hope I sold you on Colorado. I hope that's on your list. If you haven't been out there, or maybe you have been out there, but you haven't been to some of these destinations that I talked about, um, definitely add it to your bucket list. We can totally get you there flying your whole family free. Um, and if you want some help doing that and you want more access to um, videos and itineraries of destinations that we recommend, Come check out Families Fly Free if you're not a member yet. Why not? Um, this is a great time to join because you're going to set yourself up to be able to fly free all through 2023 and beyond uh, forever. So check that out at familiesflyfree.com slash join if you're not yet a member. And uh, I will see you next week. If you're ready to fly your family free forever, I invite you to join my family's Fly Free membership. You'll learn how to stop paying for airfare throughout the US, Caribbean, and Europe so you can make those priceless family travel memories before your kids or even your grandkids leave home for good. And you'll learn it using my simple proven formula that's helped hundreds of families. Plus, it's risk-free. You either get your investment in the membership back in free travel or I give you your money back. You can get more information at familiesflyfree.com slash join.